If talking about new travel destinations or discovering the latest travel gadgets gets your heart racing just like mine, well then, you are in the right place. Hello there, I'm Katrina Rountree and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Come, our podcast about the wonders of travel, a place where we share memories from recent trips and we dream about upcoming adventures. So get your passports ready and join me for Journeys to Come. Well, like a lot of travellers, I spend a lot of my life inside an airport, passing through, going here and there. And what amazes me is that in this day and age, how so many airports can get it so wrong. I wouldn't have thought in this day and age it would be that hard. However, there is a standout here in Australia, someone that consistently gets it right, and that is the team behind Brisbane Airport. Brisbane Airport is consistently voted the best airport in Australia. So I've flown into Brizzy to speak to Leonie Vandervan, the Media and Corporate Communications Manager, Corporate Relations as well for Brisbane Airport Australia, just to find out why. Why is this the best airport in Australia? Brisbane and Queensland are unique destinations in Australia and Brisbane Airport is the front door to this wonderful state and we wanted to make sure in developing the airport that it had its own unique personality, that people actually knew that they were flying into Brisbane or leaving Brisbane and they had warm feelings um, related to that. So a lot of the design in our terminals, we've spent millions of dollars over the last few years upgrading all of our services to make sure not only the, um, the internal um, design of the building is, is reflects the beautiful personality of Brisbane and Queensland, but the products inside those terminals are locally um, sourced and that um, the customer service is spot on and people feel a real connection in their heart to the airport, the city and the state. And yet it's also fluid in the way that it operates. You are so fortunate. You've got this brilliant train system, the transport to and from. That is a gift. You've got that so right. But then you say as well, when you go into the airport, it's fun, it's an experience, it's great shopping. I love the buskers, I love the live music. Who thought of all of this? Look, we believe that an airport is not just a portal, it's a destination in itself. And people start their holidays when they step into the airport. So sitting around a, an airport that is, is not engaging and does not offer wonderful products or a wonderful experience is not going to encourage people to come here. So we put a lot of effort into um, encouraging our retailers to offer the best that Queensland and Brisbane has to offer. We believe that entertainment um, nowadays is so important for people who have um, um, time to spare. People want to be engaged. And we want to make that as local as possible and have local entertainers, local art, local foods, local products, um, just so that people start their holiday the moment they park their car at Brisbane Airport, not once they get off the aircraft at the other end. I know that a lot of people are still unaware about the amount of flights that they can connect with here in Brizzy. Can you tell us, for passengers' sake, who does connect here? Because I know so many people still think it's better off to, to go to Brisbane, uh, sorry, to go to Melbourne or Sydney, but there's no need. 
There's absolutely no need to fly internationally out of any other port in Australia um, if you come through Brisbane. We have all the major carriers. Not only do we have our local um, homegrown carriers in Qantas and Virgin, but we have Etihad and Emirates and Cathay Pacific and we've got new airlines coming on. Um, we've got several Chinese um, airlines as well, which takes us to major hubs in Singapore and Dubai and Abu Dhabi, um, as well as Air Canada to Vancouver. And we've got LA and from there you can reach virtually any destination in the world through one or two flights out of Brisbane. Now tell me about the new runway. Well that is the jewel in our crown. It has been a long time coming where it, it is due to open in 2020 and when that new runway opens Brisbane Airport will have the most capacity of any airport in Australia meaning the opportunities for new carriers, additional flights uh, and new destinations it, it, it are endless. Something that's important to me personally, respectfully, when I do go, I'm just being very honest here, but when I go through Dubai, I know they have the biggest airport in the world and they're very proud of that. But it's like a marathon when you go there. It can actually be a nightmare. Some people ask me what it's like traveling to particular parts of the world and I'm like, if you can handle Dubai Airport, that's gonna be the toughest part of your journey. Sorry to say that, I, f I feel really bad saying it, but it's the truth. You've got the, the largest capacity. How will you make it easy for passengers internally? The difference with Brisbane Airport and a hub like Dubai is that's exactly what Dubai is. It is a hub. We will never be as big as Dubai. We tend to be an, a, an end destination airport or, or the beginning. So we will always have, um, without we can't compare apples with oranges, mm. we will always have our two terminals, our domestic terminal, our international terminal, and we are actually making the um, transfer between those terminals easier in the future, in the next couple of years. That will be very, very seamless. Um, so in size-wise, we, we can't compete with Dubai, but we... we I don't we, want you to. <laughs> That's my point. It's, I think they do very well for the amount of passengers and airlines they actually get through and the number of um, flights they have to manage. Um, but, you know, airports generally can be very confusing and confronting yes. places, regardless of the size. And we are doing our utmost with digital technology and, and simple signage to make sure that people aren't stressed when they get here. We want people to be relaxed. If they're relaxed, they're enjoying the situation, you might have a coffee, um, they want to travel more. So we want to take that stress out of the travel as much as we can. I'm really glad that you touch on simple signage, because I'm amazed at, at how difficult some airports find simple signage. It's so, it makes, it makes the, the, the travel so much easier for, for the passengers. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you recognise that. I'm also intrigued, you, I know that Brisbane Airport is privately owned and that a part owner is a, is it a, uh, a Danish company? Are they, oh, Dutch. Dutch, sorry. Um, Schiphol, tell me a little bit about Schiphol. Well, Schiphol is the main airport in um, Amsterdam, in the Netherlands. Um, incredibly large. I think they have six runways, maybe a seventh coming on, but they are most certainly one of our shareholders. Um, the Dutch, and we have a very close relationship with our Schiphol shareholders, um, and I, I think it's well known, the Dutch are very innovative. Yeah. They um, think outside the box. I think they're on the forefront of, of many wonderful things when it comes to aviation and, and um, integrating 
new technology to make travel better and easier. And we are very fortunate through our relationship with our shareholders to be able to take advantage of some of those ideas that they've actually launched in Schiphol. And Schiphol is not only an incredibly efficient airport, it's beautiful. Mm. And they have very, very effectively um, given a personality to um, Schiphol Airport um, that that any traveller travelling through knows that they're in Holland. You've got the tulips and the beautiful art and... And the chocolate. Oh, the chocolate. <laughs> and, and the klompen or clogs um, as well. And, and But they've done it in a way that is is not kitsch or mm. cheesy. It, it's, it, it shows a, a side of the Netherlands um, that, is, that is beautiful and memorable. Leonie, I have to fly back home uh, via Brisbane, of course. What must I do before I leave the airport? Domestically or internationally? I'm domestic today. <laughs> domestically, there is some. There's a fabulous food caught up in our um, domestic terminal, um, with not your regular, um, usual fast food options. So definitely go and have yourself um, a, a, a wonderful um, meal there. And there's lots of beautiful stores up there. I think the Mac shops up there as well. So oh, really? um, pop in and um, see Mac, Mac or their Victoria's Secret. So we've got some wonderful retailers up there as well. Well, well done on all of your awards and thank you for sharing with us today the, uh, the seamlessness of Brisbane Airport. And it's only going to improve, so thank you, Katrina. Want more travel in your day? Well then, join us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Journeys to Come and follow us. And while you're there, hey, how about you share your own travel pics and stories with the hashtag Journeys to Come. I'm here with Karen Quinlan, who is the director of the Bendigo Art Gallery, who through the force of her personality has truly put Bendigo on the map for all of the right reasons. I just want to know, how does a city chick, a girl from Melbourne, end up here in Bendigo? It happened. I came up here for one year. I stayed for 20. It's, it's okay. I'm feeling good. Uh, I think the first five years were quite tough because I, I just wanted to go home. But once I had kids here and I settled into the place, Bendigo is a, a fairly unique city and this job is the dream job. And dream job in what way? I have had a lot of autonomy and a lot of uh, potential to pursue my interests. Uh, we have a fabulous collection of 19th, 20th, 21st century Australian art and some European art from the 19th century. But my, my real passion has always been art, but fashion and textiles and costume. And I've been able to do that through our temporary exhibition program and by introducing international exhibitions. It's interesting that you say that's just your interest, it's just your passion, mm. because a lot of people would think surely there's a thread and, and is that thread from Marilyn Monroe to Grace Kelly to this mm. evening with Edith Head, is it, is it about uh, economies of scale, is it about bringing people through the door or is it truly just about I think what I'm interested in other people will share too? I think that costume, so it doesn't matter who, in, in a sense, it doesn't matter who wore it, but costume actually is the closest you'll get to someone who is gone. And I think people relate really well to that. So for tonight with Edith Head, you're going in there and you're going to see a whole lot of costumes, exactly what Melissa Galt said. Feel the person inside the costume because that's what it's about. We all have wardrobes, we have lots and lots of clothes, probably too much. Uh, we change every season, but at the end of the day, when we have an exhibition and it's about the people, it is about 
what they chose to wear, how they wanted to project themselves. And with Edith Head, it was very much about how am I going to make you look on the screen? And so we get as close as we can with this exhibition to those actors, those actresses, but also to the maker, uh, because you'll see throughout the exhibition lots and lots of images of her working. So I, I, I'm fascinated with women and how they operate in this world, and it comes through. I know I've done a lot of exhibitions about iconic people, um, and in particular, we focus on the celebrities, Grace Kelly, Marilyn Monroe. There are others coming. I won't tell you who they are. Uh, but Edith Head, it was an opportunity to really look at behind the scenes and the makers and how this, this industry worked in old Hollywood. Very different to new Hollywood, I think. These days, you buy off the rack. You go out and you shop and you, you, know, you, you put together your collection for the exhibition, uh, for, the, for the production, for the film. But in those days, we were making everything. We were designing it all. We were trying to um, define that person through that costume for that role. And so I, I'm fascinated with it. I've brought that to the job here in Bendigo. And I've found, yes, it is about people coming to Bendigo and, and, and the economic benefits, of course it is, but it's not why I do it. It's because I have a passion <laughs> and I'm really interested in 20th century amazing women and, and that's what we've been exploring. We're going to continue to do it for as long as I'm here. Something that I thought was quite interesting about Edith Head is that even though she contributed to, I think, it was around 1,300 movies. Mm. Uh, I think yeah. she was nominated for 35 mm. Oscars, took eight of them home. I was interested that she, when she began, would personally call every single director-producer that was working on a major film to offer her services. Mm. I will admit, Karen, before I met you, I thought you must be six feet tall <laughs> because you were so dynamic. You had achieved so much here. You're... I'm not quite sure how tall you are. Diminutive. You're quite tiny. You truly are a force of nature. So what is it about uh, your character, respectfully, that can can bring so much to to a job like this, to a community, you know, certainly to an entire town like Bendigo? What what do you think that is? I think it's because I, I will not accept mediocrity and I always want to do better and... There's, there's always something better on the horizon and the more you push, the higher you aim, the more you will achieve. If you aim in the middle, you'll get that. But with this, I've just been blessed by this job and the, and the potential. Um, and I've found a niche for the institution and I've worked really hard. And I'm not afraid to ask collectors or institutions and, and I approach them and talk to them about Bendigo and the place, because it's a great place, we've got nothing to hide. Um, it's a great regional city and I'm not afraid to go there and sell that case and say, we are just as good as the Metropolitan in New York or the National Gallery of Victoria or any of the major institutions around the world. We're as good as them, we've got a great gallery, it's a beautiful collection, uh, wonderful spaces, wonderful community, why can't we do it? And I, I won't accept no. I just, I can't. It's your, my DNA. <laughs> your interest has brought millions and millions into this community. And I think you and I share a, a passion for art, culture, and the fact that something like an exhibition such as this 
tourism in general can have this wonderful ripple effect. What are your thoughts on that, 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 that tourism, art and culture can bring so much to the wider community? Uh, look, there's no place for purists. I think it's all interconnected. Fashion sits well in an art gallery. We all know that now. If, for those who don't believe it, don't come. Uh, it's just as simple as that. We've got these fabulous collections, particularly in regional Australia, and the state collections as well. But we can play in the fashion space, and it's not just... It's design, it's art, it's, it's creativity. We're, we're, we're working across mediums and... And so I don't have a problem doing what I do. I don't feel any sense of guilt or that I've neglected any other area because fashion is uh, followed. It's, it's um, you know, it's something that people think about how you present yourself to the world. It's all through your clothing and, and you're interested in that, you're interested in sport, you might be interested in something else. But for, for this, uh, this institution, we're there. We're, we're always going to be there well, as long as I'm here. Yeah. Why did you choose Edith Head? We discovered Edith Head, or I was, knew about her from, you know, after a film finishes and you see, see all the credits and you see Edith Head was the designer. So we knew about her, but then when we did Grace Kelly, we, we found out a little bit more about her back in 2012. So she was always there as an opportunity. And then we were contacted by an institution in Ohio uh, to say that this exhibition had taken place. Would, you've done Marilyn, you've done Grace Kelly, would you be interested in... So, yeah, the curators, that sparked some interest. We followed up and then we decided, well, we're, we're OK at actually curating these exhibitions ourselves. We did Marilyn Monroe and we've done others. Obviously, we do other things. We're not just... It's not all just about fashion and celebrity, so... We had the confidence to, to say to Paramount Pictures, can we borrow 36 pieces? How, how, how did you ask that? Uh, it's all just through asking the question. <laughs> I think you just got to be confident. And uh, my team are amazing. They, they rise to the occasion. Nothing is too difficult. They love, they have the same passion that I do. And we've become very confident in the space of costume display. Um, we've got a great collection of mannequins and cases, so why not? And we enjoy it, you know, so uh, nothing's too difficult. I am curious about something that now I have you in front of me, I can finally ask you. Uh, when I came here for the opening of the Grace Kelly exhibition, it was a coup. You had, is it Charlene? We did, Princess. Princess Charlene. Tell me the story. How did you do it? Well, I worked with... Uh, Andrew Cannon is the honorary consul for Monaco and so he was instrumental in actually securing her visit to Australia. Um, Albert, I think, is her partner. Prince uh, wasn't available and the princess was, so we just Even better. put forward a case and here's this beautiful collection that's going into this gallery in regional Australia and, and they came. So, so you just know. asked? I think Andrew did. <laughs> and I said, that's a great idea, Andrew, if you can, if you can get it. I remember did. that. That yeah, was, no, it was a huge. Coup. Yeah, it was, it was huge. And, you know, it's nice to have a bit of royalty, you know, come to your door. And that was amazing. Yeah, I remember yeah. the whole street stopped. It was an incredible was moment. A and, moment. And a feather in your cap. Yeah. But it's really interesting talking to you now. You're just following your passion, doing mm. what you love to do. Uh, I know that a lot of people do ask you this. Will you stay in Bendigo? Are you intrigued about moving on to anywhere else? Mm. 
what keeps me here is the fact that I always have another show coming and it's really, really hard to leave. And I have children here as well. So uh, there's a few more years in me yet. And I've got some great shows coming, but I can't tell you about them. Tell me something. Tell me anything. Oh, uh, there's one next year, hopefully. Fingers crossed towards the end of next year. There's one in 19 and, and there's another great one in 20. So I can't, oh, I can't tell you what they are, but they're a mix of things and... That's my job. I'm the director and that's what I do. Okay, we'll be here for them. You let us know. We'll be here for them. While you're listening, why not add some travel to your inbox? Sign up for my weekly travel updates at journeystocome.com. Give me your tips about when you come to your exhibitions. Of course, the exhibition draws us here. What else do we do? Where do we stay? Where do we eat? What do you love about Bendigo? Oh, what I love about Bendigo is there's, there's, you know, so many great places to eat and I can't name them because then I'm singling them out. But you, you can't go wrong with the restaurants and the hospitality and the service is good. And uh, We've got great bread and, be- bed and breakfast. We've got uh, wineries. We've got um, amazing accommodation at the Shallow, the Art Series Hotel. Um, it's just a beautiful place. It's historic. It's heritage. Beautiful buildings. Great weather. Um, we have our cold moments. We have our hot moments. But overall, it's good. And culturally, this institution, Alumbra Theatre, um, you know, so some and some really great historical um, relics from the past with the goldfields. So you've got that heritage backdrop, but you've got some really contemporary things happening here as well. So. It's a great place to visit. It really is. You are the embodiment of someone that has made their passion their profession. I just have to finally ask you, what advice would you offer to others who want to pursue their passions? Don't give up. You just can't give up. If you get struck down, you've got to get up again. And we, we all do it. We have to do it. And, you know, we all have our moments. And I must admit, over 20 years here, I've had my moments. But I always get back up and... There's too much to say goodbye to at the moment. There's too many great things going on and I think you've got to see the positive. You can't look at it as a half-empty moment. You've got to look at the positive and and really focus on that and and that's what I do. It's amazing talking to you. It it really does seem that your um, raison d'etre is just just ask. Just you never know. Just 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 put it out there. What have you actually got to lose? I mean, you know, by asking the question, I've had a few knockbacks, not many, but I, you know, you get them, and it's usually for a very legitimate reason. I think a lot of the reason why people don't pursue their their, their goals is they're afraid. And you just, I was very quiet at school and I was quiet at university, but once I got out into the workforce, I changed my attitude. Actually, in this job, I had to learn to be confident. I had to learn to be a little bit out there and I, I've just developed those skills and you can do it. Mm. You just have to believe in yourself. I'm so proud of you and I'm mm. so proud to be here tonight. Thank you so much for asking Journeys to come to be here and, and for the incredible example that you've set to so many of us. Thank you and well done. It's an absolute pleasure and thank you for coming to Bendigo. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Journeys to Come. If you want any more information on the places that we visited, all the people we spoke to, then visit our website, journeystocome.com, for full details.